It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. All right, welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I'm your host, Aaron Greger, and today I have a very special guest, Scott Miller, with me. Scott, welcome. Good to be here, Aaron. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, well, I am thrilled to have you. Uh, we've been connected by a mutual friend, Frank Gustafson. His mouth, his last word, or his last name is always such a mouthful, but Scott is. I mean, we're kind of competitors a little bit, but you guys do way more than what we do over at Innovation Media Enterprises. And I had so many questions for you when we chatted last week. And I know I get asked all these same questions uh, from my clients. So I'm thank you so much for being here and, and talking about this today. I was going to say it's fun to actually get to be in the hot seat for a change. So I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to this. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm. I always love to. Uh, uh, ask the questions too. So Scott, for those of you who don't know, he's the CEO of Center Post Media. He has his own show, uh, his own podcast. And at Center Post Media, if you've never heard of them, you've probably heard of the brands behind them, Biz TV, Biz Talk Radio, Biz Talk Podcasts. I know um, we have a mutual friend in Gary Leland. He came and worked for you. So you not you don't just you do a lot of content, not just podcasts, but you also, in the sense of podcasts, you have a lot like you are the distribution channel too. It's not that you just you know pop them up on a hosting channel and let it go, but you do so much more behind that. So the first question I want to ask is I get a lot of people who mesh radio and podcasting and say it all as once. Can you? share the difference between putting my, I record something and I put it out as a podcast versus radio. Yeah. So, I mean, radio is changing and I think, um, in a traditional sense, you know, linear broadcasting or radio broadcasting, taking your content, uh, either you're hosting on a local radio station or in our case, we actually syndicate to other radio stations it's a traditional model. Um, it has changed. It's still viable. Uh, there are still people who listen to radio. I do think there's a larger um, sort of shift we've seen since really going back to 2007 of people listening to digital digital content. So, you know, if you create a podcast and you push it out there, um, I guess the biggest benefit to doing a, a radio broadcast is sort of it, it's marketing. You, you sort of, you know, when you ask the question, how do you market your podcast? Being on a radio station, particularly one that is known in the market, uh, certainly draws people and you use radio to draw them to your podcast. Uh, but when I say things changed in 07, when vehicles started putting in the dashboard connecting your smartphone, that's when we started to see a major shift toward uh, podcasting. So full transparency, I'm somebody who runs a radio network. I hardly ever listen to local radio. Um, I drive and, and listen to, if I'm in the mood for music, it's um, you know Amazon Music or one of the streaming platforms or I listen to podcasts. So I think they're similar. They're both, of course, you know, platform of just straight audio. Um, but, you know, there is a viable, uh, you know, option for radio or for podcasting, so. Yeah, so you think of radio 
I'm going to sound very conservative when these names come out of my mouth, but, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey comes to mind, Rush Limbaugh comes to mind, right? Like that's radio to me. Like, is there an in-between and can you be successful with radio if you're not a syndicated show nationally? Absolutely. So in any market, um, you know, I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth market. And so, um, one of our big talk stations here is, uh, WBAP. If you tune in on a Saturday morning, you're going to hear a local, uh, car show and it's sponsored by one of the dealerships and they're creating content. So center post media is a content marketing agency. So we always talk about how you can create content to drive business for yourself. That's a perfect example of someone who's giving car advice. Content marketing is all about free advice, so people call in and ask different questions. And then, of course, the, oh, the by the way, the, the 20% where you're selling is, if you're looking for a new car, we can help you find a new car. Well, of course they can because they happen to own a, a car dealership. So that's very successful. I've seen lawyers um, that will come on and do a, a legal show, same concept. And then financial advice, which we do a lot of business content. Um, I had... Um, one of the, the shows in this market tell me that they only need two clients a year to pay for their airtime because they do financial services. So someone call, calls them and says, hey, I've got $5 million. Um, can you help me uh, help me manage that? That's what pays for it. And just if I can, Aaron, on that note, when you talk about how you can be successful with it, there is a perception that's still true, whether you're doing radio or television, podcasting is getting there. I think it's growing. There's a lot of people very successful with their podcast. But when you're the person on the radio talking about it, people instantly think that you're the expert and they want to do business with you. And that's really the big benefit. So on the local side, you can absolutely monetize and, and make money. The key is with all things, you have to be consistent and you have to be frequent. You know, that is so true. It's that perception. Uh, you know, and I think people, you know, I tend to poo-poo perception, like, because I'm like, well, I know what's behind it. I know what it really, you know, like best-selling right. author, right? I know how to do it. I did it. It's, but it really does have clout behind it and it stands for something. And I think people, you know, miss those opportunities. So I want to talk specifically about your podcast because your podcast is doing exactly what you know, this podcast is about, about being able to um, drive revenue to a business, you know, obviously, it makes sense for you. But in that whole, um, what is it, the cobbler's kids never have shoes or something like that? What is the saying? <laughs> you know, sometimes right, we, right. we do it for other people, but we forget to, you know, create it for ourselves. So can you talk a little bit about your podcast and the strategy that you put behind it before starting it um, and, and helping to build your business. You know, Aaron, that's exactly our story. And, and we kind of use, um, you know, the plumber's wife's pipes are never right because, you know, same, same concept. It's actually our VP of marketing. I have to give credit to Scott Peterson, who's our VP of marketing for Centerpost Media, making sure our brand gets out there. And he came to me one day, um, he's on my leadership team, and said, Scott, we're not doing what we tell our clients to do. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we're constantly, you know, when people come in the door, we tell them you have to market yourself as a brand in addition to your company. People do business with people. And yet we weren't doing that. And so for me, it was like a wake-up call. Um, so we started our podcast actually uh, January. So we haven't been at it, you know, too terribly long. But, but it really was, the, it was like, okay, first of all, we need to practice what we tell our clients. 
And I think it's it's been beneficial two ways. One, we have seen the results exactly the way we tell our clients you're going to see results. But it also has put me in the shoes of our clients and what they go through. And it's I think it's made us a better agency sort of experiencing it. Because when you start a podcast, and Aaron, I know you deal with this with your clients, it, it it's a little rough at first. We say you have to burn a few steaks before you open the restaurant. And so um, it's certainly been a learning experience for me. Yeah, it's, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you're going to hate your own voice. You're probably not going to be right. It's probably not going to be the best thing in the world like you're going to have. But with practice comes. And I think the biggest thing, too, is there's this expectation. Well, Joe Rogan got $100 million from Spotify. So all I need to do is put out a couple episodes and I'll be right there, too. Right. But I love your example. And I think this is so key of the financial planner. You don't need Joe Rogan numbers to see benefit of this, right? Like you don't need that that part of it. All you need is a couple it could be a couple clients. And I have one, you know, perfect example, he's a realtor. And he had somebody reach out to him. He was a previous client, but specifically said, "I heard your podcast and I I'm I'm ready to start getting into investments." Right? And it and it's a million dollars of deals for a year just off that, you know, that's, that's all he needs to pay for the podcast for a year. So I think this is so key. So can you, you don't have to divulge everything, but as much as you're willing to say, can you talk about the strategy of not just, okay, we knew we'd have people on, but what's your strategy of the content you created and then the people you're bringing on? No, I think it's, there's a couple strategies there. And I, you know, a lot of people, when they start a podcast, much like what you described, they, they want to monetize directly off of it. You actually monetize more indirectly off of your content than you do directly. Um, in a world where there, you know, there's so much content out there. I go home, you know, in my family, we subscribe to everything, right? We have YouTube TV and Disney plus and tons of content video world. There's a million podcasts out there. So for me, what I, I look at it this way, first of all, um, the whole idea behind a podcast or, or creating any kind of content is to draw in the type of prospects that you want to reach. So in our case, we're looking at the small businesses, um, medium-sized businesses that we feel are underserved, and we're providing content that they need, that they're interested in. So when we look at what do we want to talk about, yeah, sometimes we do talk about directly creating content and you know, there's that, that 80, 20 rule again, 20% of what we talk about will be what we do. But like back in March, we had a March sells madness and we brought in people that gave practical advice on how to close more deals. And business owners need that information. Um, you know, we had a, a guest on that talked about, um, you know, great leaders ask great questions. How can you be a better leader? So we, we look at our show as the entrepreneur's toolbox so that every single, we purposely push it out on a Sunday night because we want you to start off Monday morning driving into work with sort of a little nugget that's going to get you thinking of how you can be better at your business, whether it's better at sales, better at marketing, or just a better leader. That's the type of content. Uh, for me, that's building that uh, that listener that's, that's, that's tuning in, and we've seen it just you know steadily grow every single month. And then when they need content marketing, they're going to come to us. They're going to understand that. We've also seen, you know, on our social media, because we push out other content on social media, 
uh, businesses have been coming to us. And so, again, it's funny, the thing that we've been telling our, our clients actually does does work, right? And we kind of laugh about it. But as far as, you know, to answer your question on how you can monetize it, I think there, there's, there's one way that a lot of uh, new podcasters don't think about, which is simply this. Aaron, you reached out to me and said, hey, would you be on my podcast? Absolutely. Here's my cell phone number. You know, you got right past my assistant, Julia, and here we are talking. You can use that to actually get a hold of people that if you reached out on any other, other, other basis, wouldn't, wouldn't give you the time of day. I had a, a gentleman yesterday. I've actually done business with him, uh, but he is a powerful guy. He's the CEO of, a, of Cable Labs. We own cable networks. He's creating technology on the cable and broadband side. Powerful person to know. Reached out to him. Hey, Phil, would you come be on my podcast? Absolutely. When can we record it? So I think you can use the podcast as leverage because where else are you going to get a 45-minute, hour-long conversation with someone you're trying to get to know and establish a relationship than interviewing them just like this, right? You have that. You're taking a cold call. You're turning it warm. You're getting their contact information. And then you can use that to build a relationship that can lead to business. I can't preach this enough and you know, I'll, I'll put Frank out there, Frank who introduced us, you know, that was his question to me, like, does that really work? And I always share the story. I love his story. It was a, a client of ours who had um, worked, he'd gone to school for two years in an MBA program with this woman who worked for a company in a very high up position for a company that he did insurance sales, right? And Worked with her for two years. She never offered to open a roller. You know, it wasn't like, oh, hey, you sell insurance. I've got a ton of people that I think you should know. It was in a very specific industry. And um, by her being on that podcast two years after they've met and been in school together, like worked a lot together, she was in that room going, okay, I have so many people I need to introduce you to. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is a salesperson's dream, right? Like, you knew this person all these right. years. They were never like, oh, yeah, I really want to introduce you to all my high up, you know, high, high up friends. But uh, it really does, it, it can work that way. And I agree. Like, there's, nobody wants to take your call to pick their brain. Nobody wants to take their call to be, be pitched something. But if I can get to know you in a, in a way that's very, um, walls are down just a genuine way um it really it it really is effective and i love the content piece you mentioned too so this is very important though from a if you build it will they come standpoint just publishing a podcast is not enough so can you talk about marketing and you know how you talked about posting it on social but is there a way you guys are marketing or what you've seen work really well for your clients too in in connecting and getting more more ears or eyes uh, on your podcast yeah no i think um it's so true aaron because you know when people come well how can i be successful like you have to work at it anything worth having is something you have to work at there is no fast express lane uh, to anything in business. And I think anyone who runs a business, you explain that. They're like, well, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, we have the benefit. You know, we own networks. So for us to to publish our podcast, it, it makes it easy. We do that for our clients as well. You know, we create a package where we give them TV interviews as well so they can get exposure and get additional content. But if you don't have all available, you know, if that's not available to you and you're just starting off, you know, Creating a podcast is one of the most affordable ways to start 
into this road of, of content management. I would suggest write a blog in addition to that. Um, you know, having a blog that goes along with the topic. So I typically, um, you know, I mentioned I had Phil McKinney on yesterday. I wrote a blog based on the conversation that Phil and I had that'll get published on, on Tuesday. The other thing is when you're using social media, anything you do has to be consistent and frequent. If you're posting just sporadically, you're not going to build a audience. If you're doing a podcast, maybe I'll do it this week and then I'll wait two weeks and do another one. No, you have to be consistent. So you have to create a schedule for yourself. So what I do is I record the same time every week. So that's consistent. And I book guests out in advance. I write my blog the same time every week. And then I sit down now. Julia, my assistant, helps me with this, but we looked at a social uh, schedule and we have different things that we post on a regular basis. And when it doesn't work, we'll switch it up a little bit. All of that's affordable. And then you can get into uh, spending money on social media. And and that's a deeper conversation on how you want to spend your money. Um, But you can certainly do that um, and and do marketing uh, that way as well. And then what you're doing also works, which is uh, reaching out to other people and saying, hey, I want to have you a guest. By the way, you're going to be a guest on my podcast coming up. And and that's how it works. And then you start to that's that networking element you were talking about. And so people that are unfamiliar with my podcast but they're familiar with yours, they're hearing about mine today, and vice versa. And so I think all of those things uh, combine really, and, and you have to be patient too. Um, you mentioned about that overnight success. There's no such thing as overnight success. Uh, Steve Jobs was not successful overnight. Mark Zuckerberg was not successful overnight. So you have to be patient and put in the work for sure. Yeah, by the time actually somebody gets on your radar, <laughs> you have to realize how much work came. You may think they came from right. nowhere, but I promise you they did it, you know, even, you know, artists or whatever. Uh, I love it. Right. I, I want to talk more about distribution um, because you and I talked okay. uh, last week about video, right? Video being a very important component, you know, post-COVID. And we talked about what you all allow for distribution. So you have it where... And you can completely correct me from, but you can plug and play and get on the Roku's, get on, you know, station or um, what do you call like a Roku? What is the technical term for it? So the industry term, uh, which, yeah, and I don't like this term. Some engineer came up with it, but they're called OTT channels, which stands for over the top. And what that simply means is your content is being delivered over the top of someone else's platform. So you think Netflix does not own the Internet. And so that's considered an OTT channel. To me, it would have been easier if they just said internet, right? But, uh, um, but yeah, so Roku channels, um, and yeah. And then when you get OTT and, and, you know, Aaron stopped me if I'm getting too much in the weeds, but then you have different forms. <laughs> you have different forms of OTT channels. So if you, uh, if you launch a, your own channel, as an example, you can do an S5, uh, subscription video on demand. So someone pays you a monthly fee. Or you do an AVOD and ad-based video on demand, um, and so those are kind of really the two different different ways you can do that. And then in the last twelve months, eighteen months, we've seen uh, fast channels uh, come on play, which is really just a streaming channel with content. Um, it stands for free ad-supported television, so it's kind of like broadcast TV on the internet. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to get your content out there. Um, in the video space. And, and that's where the, 
Oh, go- sorry. I was just going to say, would that be like, what was that company, Q- the Q one that went under? Was, is that kind of what that is? The fast? It was Kubo or Cubo or so. I don't remember. Yeah, they had a unique model, but yeah, yeah, it's a way we can get your content out there in short bites. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what do you recommend for the average, you know, we're talking to business owners here. What do you recommend to the average business owner to take it to the next level? Go beyond YouTube. And is it, creating your own channel? Is it just jumping on to a Roku? Like what is that first step recommendation that you have? I believe in the crawl, walk, run on all of this. And so to me, when you start off and you're going into the video space, you need to have video on your website. And if, if you're, if you're watching this or listening to this right now and you don't have video on your website, Aaron and I are helping you out today. Let this be a wake up call. Google owns over 70% of the search engine market. Oh, by the way, Google owns YouTube. Is it any surprise they make video one of the key factors to getting your website discovered? So you need content on your website. I think that's more important than looking at a Roku channel and some of these other platforms. I would start there. Make sure you have video and fresh video. You know, keep it fresh. Um, Video on social media, same thing. Video gets discovered little practical tip for you. If you are going to do video on social media, you want to make sure you're uploading a native video, not linking to another platform. Facebook doesn't want to send their users to YouTube. So you want to upload your video to Facebook and that's how you're going to get discovered. When you get into, do I want my own channel? Do I want content? Depending on the business, um, you know, there are options, um, like our company, we have a channel out there, BizVod. We own that. It's the largest collection of business videos on demand. When you go to a place like that, you can have your content uh, relatively cheap. But when you want to develop your own channel, I would sit down with whoever's asking and really kind of, what's your end game? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, do you want to be a media company? You know, are you going to have a lot of people? And the other advice I would give, and this is just looking at the way the industry goes, um, making an ad supported video on demand. Don't ask for a subscriber base. The market's getting really crowded. There's so many people asking Disney, Hulu, Paramount, are they going to really pay more money for your content? And so having ad support allows them to go watch it for free and then you can monetize on the ads. That's a really great tip because yeah, I feel like we're subscriptioned out at this point. Like there's so many yep. subscriptions. So you and I talked about this last week and I really want to make sure we, we talk about it here too, in the sense of, okay, actually let me break it down in two. What kind of quality do you feel I need to get to in order to really get to these next channels? Is it, you know, a one point camera, me talking to it? What kind of production do I need behind it in order to really be taken seriously? Because I feel it is different from a YouTube, right? Um, so let's, let me, let's go that question first and I'll ask the next one. Yeah, that's a great question. And it, we're interesting times. You know, if, if you asked me that question eight, 10 years ago, we would have talked a lot about the type of equipment you need to purchase and, and spend a lot of time on that. I think with the smartphone, people are used to seeing a lower quality video. I think more important than anything else is the content itself. Is the content something that someone would be interested in? I've seen, and you have too, well-produced, high-budget movies that the content was horrible and it bombed at the box office, right? So it's not about so much, you know, how much are you spending on equipment. Now, 
there are some things to think about, you know, some practical tips. If you're doing video, make sure the light is in front of you. You know, you don't want to be shooting with the sunshine behind you. Wear solid colors. Don't wear something that's really busy that's going to distract. But equally important to the video is the, in fact, in, in a lot of ways, more important is the audio. Uh, you know, the consumer now will deal with a video that's not perfect, but if they cannot understand what you're saying, they're gone. They're on to the next uh, next video. It's so true. So it's good to know that you don't need, you still, even to up level, you don't, I, I mean, I just, I, I know I'm behind by a couple years, so, but I just got the new iPhone and the thing shoots in 4K. Like it's crazy, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. It's, I mean, you could, there's nothing against like, I've got the expensive Sony that does 4K, and then I've got a little iPhone that does 4K. It's it's insane. Um, how do you stand out on these channels? And I know we talked about it. Again, it's not one of those, oh, I'm on Roku now. That means everybody and their mom's going to hear about me. How do you stand out on these channels? And, you know, it, it should you be prepared to put some money behind it if you're going to pay to be on a Roku? Well, Getting on Roku, uh, there is a low hurdle. Um, development costs as far as getting it out there. Um, Roku's actually opened it up where you could become a, a Roku developer pretty easily and get your content out there. As far as getting discovered, much in the same way with podcasting, metadata is key. That really is the key. So, you know, if I'm going to Roku or if I'm going to Apple Podcast and I'm looking for content, if you don't have the proper keywords into your content, you're not going to get discovered. So I would start there because, again, uh, crawl, walk, run, right? That's the low-hanging fruit. Um, and then when you get into marketing it, you could still use uh, social media, those kinds of platforms to push people to the content. You can do marketing on Roku itself. That's where the real money starts to come into play. Uh, there are, um, last time I checked, it may be more, but there's like 15 million subscribers to Roku and God knows how many different channels. You can pay Roku directly to market, uh, market that content, but that is going to get costly. I would start with saying, do you have good content? Man, don't spend a whole bunch of money on marketing only to find out that your content's not great. Not great. You know, go, you it goes know, back to what I said back before. Burn a few steaks before you open up the restaurant and invite everybody in. It's great <laughs> advice. You know, as you're, you know, like you said, you know, do you want to be a media company or just, you know, create content for your business? When you are going out and, and really getting in a more massive distribution versus just, you know, Spotify and Amazon Music, what is your best advice or, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you give to your clients and really helping to either measure or really capitalize on on what they're getting. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes like with PR, people will be like, well, I got on the news. Well, that's great. But there's so much more behind it to really capitalize on news. Are you taking that news clip and posting it everywhere? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you doing more with it right. than just, yay, I'm up here now. So, you know, what are those one or two, two pieces that are really important for people to understand as you up level? It's not enough. You've got to do a couple more things behind it. Yeah, I, you know, when you start to get into producing a TV show, as an example, um, you need to understand that it is a job in of itself. And 
you know, particularly if you get into, I'm going to do a daily show. When you get to daily show, that becomes your job. And so it's a bit of a transition. Um, I interviewed an author a few weeks ago, um, wrote a great book uh, titled um, Eden Sapizer is his name. And the book is Get Out of the Truck. And it was geared toward uh, people who are in the service industry, plumbers, electricians. And he said, if you ever want to grow your business, you got to get out of the truck and start managing the team and, and growing it from that standpoint. I think the same is true if you're doing a TV show like the like my clients that are doing daily shows, whether it's radio or TV, that is their job. That's what they're doing. And then their team is is doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the sales. They're just doing it for lead gen. So I think you got to, I guess, to answer your question, first of all, is a mindset. Understand when you get into that, it is work. You can't just like, oh, I'm going to kind of show up and and just rattle off what I need. And there's prep that goes in, right? You wrote some questions. You were prepared for this, right? You knew what you wanted to ask me. You didn't just uh, say, oh, let's talk Friday at this time and jump on and say, let's just figure it out. So I think I think that's one of the things that I find uh, surprises people. Um, you know, professionals make it look easy. And then you get in there and you realize it's a real job um, as far as that goes. And then also, um, a lot of times you have to pay for distribution if you really want to grow. So if you come in to me today and say, hey, Scott, can you get me on television? Um, yes, but there's a cost behind it. And as I mentioned, there's more content out there than ever. There's not a single radio station or TV station right now in the U.S. with an hour of dead air waiting for you to call to give them their show. And so you have to call and convince them, you know, why is your show better than another show? So there's a lot of a lot more detail that goes into that, but this is kind of a, a 30,000 you know, 30,000 foot view of it. So I'm curious though, cause, and I'm going to tell you a little story behind this, um, about capitalizing on the paid and is it enough just to get eyes on your stuff or how can you, you know, convert those people? Cause, uh, somebody came, we were on the phone last yesterday and they're like, Oh, this person wants me to, they're getting 80,000 views on YouTube and they want me to, you know, they want to utilize that and say they're an expert, but here, and I went to their YouTube channel. And they had like 10 subscribers, not that bad, but it was very low. And I could go through right. their list and I could tell you exactly which ones they paid to advertise, right? It was like this, okay, video has 40, 40, 40, 40 views. Oh, this one has 15,000, right? Uh, you know, five, five, five. Oh, this one has 20,000. So I could tell exactly what had been paid and something wasn't clicking, right? Because they would pay, but then the videos behind that wouldn't uptick in numbers. So how can I, if I'm getting eyes on it and I'm paying to get eyes on it, how can, is it just a matter of great content or is there a way I can capitalize on that payment to make sure they're subscribing and seeing video after video? Does that make sense? It does. And, and just so that I, I, I may kind of go back and make myself clear. When I talk about paying distribution on the TV side, it's about, you know, paying to get your content on a network or paying to get on a local TV station or paying to get on a local radio station. It, it is a form of advertising. It's just long form advertising. And so it's, um, and, and trade secret. This is why you tune into Aaron's show. So you learn all the secrets. It's, it's more cost effective to buy a whole hour of time somewhere than it is to buy actual commercials. Um, you know, you actually, um, when you buy in bulk, it becomes cheaper and you may spend more, but you, but in the long run, the cost per minute is cheaper. Um, as far as buying time on social media, 
I, you know, I'm with you. I, I, I discourage you buying followers on social media. First of all, that always gets out and discovered. And it's like, if man, all your followers are from some country that's not the U.S., that's suspicious to me. So, you know, I think uh, organic's always better. It does take longer. Um, you know, YouTube, YouTube's under, under, and I get, you know, listen, Google's always watching us, right? I think YouTube's under a bit of a, a shift. I've seen a lot of people in the past that have relied on YouTube for revenue that are now coming to us because Google has shifted things around where they can't make as much money on their YouTube channel. Um, but some people are still, you know, monetizing on it. Um, but no, I think content's always great. You know, like some people, look, I think every business needs to look at a content marketing strategy, but it has to be something that's natural to you. Let's say that you're not great on camera and I'm not trying to be mean, but this just makes you uncomfortable then you probably shouldn't be doing video work. Maybe someone else in your organization does that. Maybe you're a better writer. Maybe you need to do a blog, podcasting. Maybe you need to do podcasting. There's many forms of content marketing, but it has to, if you're not being yourself, people see right through that. And, and, and social media is the same way. You want to be genuine. The people you follow on social media, Aaron, the people I follow, we follow them because they're real. We know who they are. We see their personalities. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, Scott, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all your expertise. And I, I, I really appreciate, like I said, sh sharing all the different sides because, you know, what, where we do it, it's very straightforward. It's YouTube. It's, you know, some, some channels, but there's so much other opportunity out there. But I love the perspective, too. It's not for everybody. And that's okay. Like, it's okay if you aren't, if you don't want to be in that position where this becomes your job. If you just want to use it to grow your business, it's okay. So if somebody wanted to learn more about you and your business, where is the best place that they should go to find you? Go to our website. It's uh, sinpostmedia.com, C-E-N-postmedia.com. There you can dig around, look at the various uh, services that we offer. There's a contact us form, and we'd love to, uh, it, you know, if you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to do so. Uh, just tell them that you heard me on this show and you'd like to talk to me. I'd love to sit down. I always, my passion is helping businesses, and that's really our big push in organization. And and so I love to sit down and, and talk with different business leaders and see how we can help them. I love it. I love it. And what is the name? We never actually said the official name of your podcast. It's Create build, manage. So we talk about how you create a business, manage a business, build a business. So just look for create, build, manage anywhere you subscribe to a podcast and love for you to, to listen. And, uh, and soon you'll be able to hear Aaron and I talk even more on a future episode. I'm so excited. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much again for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully this helps, you know, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be a lot more than just one person, but even just one, it makes a huge difference. So I appreciate you taking your time. Absolutely.